Welcome to ICUP with We. This is an ICP podcast by a new listener and an old fan from back in the day. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we are reviewing 1994's Ringmaster. You're listening to the ICUP with We podcast. Ringmaster. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of ICUP with We. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I am your host, Aaron, uh, here with my co-host with, dare I say, for the third week in a row, the co-most, Eric. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing I'm doing okay. And And dare I say, yes, you may dare say it. I think I'm just going to say it every episode from now on. All right. I'm with that. It's That's the cool. new thing. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, uh, how you been? Uh, I've been super good. Um, you know, hanging out, same old, same old, except for now I have a little bit more content out in the, uh, interwebs. Yeah. Yesterday um, was kind of a big day. Yesterday was, uh, COTC day. Uh, Ballista released our EP COTC, uh, um, which stands for cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Nobody, Nobody. does it better. Uh, so I'm, no. I'm, I'm, it's, it's a huge weight lift off my chest that we finally released it, and it seems like it's getting overwhelmingly um, good reviews. So it I'm, is. I'm you know, I uh, I listened to it and I, I hopped on Twitter because I was I was gonna retweet and say some nice things, and everybody was talking about it, and I was super stoked to see that. So huge congratulations uh, to you and the entirety of Ballista, a bunch of great people that released a great EP. Where can people hear it? Uh, literally everywhere. Spotify, Bandcamp, um, Apple Music, all that good jazz. There you um, go. One, so one cool thing is we actually had uh, Don't Stress Flower Press, which is a, uh, a company based in Austin that does uh, physical releases of albums. We yeah. had them release a uh, small number of tapes, cassette tapes. And they went fast. Um, and they sold out in 30 minutes. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. When we were talking to them and uh, talking to Matthew, the Klein, huge shout out to Matthew Klein, super great guy. He's the best guy to work with when it comes to physical release stuff. Um, when we were talking to him about how many we should release through him and all that, you know, we're like, ah, 60, like that's gonna, probably going to be too much. Uh, but let's just do it anyways. And then they ended up selling out, which was bananas. That's dude. That's so cool. Congratulations. I'm I'm super stoked on that. Uh, and to the few people that managed to get a tape. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Now we, we do have more. So if you didn't give it, if you didn't get a tape, uh, it's not, you know, your chance didn't run out. He's actually sending us, I think 30 copies to sell, uh, at live shows. Yeah. Cause those are a thing that happened right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th- those are going to be sitting in my garage for probably another six months to a year. Who knows? Yeah, sick. Can't um, wait. We better be playing <laughs> shows together. That's what I'm going to say. For sure. Yeah, we better be. But uh, Eric, what's going on with you? How, how's your life going? Life is okay, man. I, I've been I've been busy. Uh, you know what I was thinking about the other day? You remember that time we started an ICP podcast as a joke and then it turned into a real thing? 
Oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. This is a great thing uh, to do every week because in the midst of, you know, working and, and doing all the other stuff that I do, um, I now have to listen to and think about an ICP album every week, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, whether we like it or not, Insane Clown Posse is part of our lives now. And I'm going to be honest. Let's, let's just be upfront here. I do like some of it, you know, and I did back in the day and I'm having an interesting experience remembering, liking things and going, oh man, I don't know if that holds up. And then hearing other things and being like, that's still pretty sick. What's your experience been like so far? Um, You know, I still had a, a pretty negative experience with it overall. There has have been some very surprised, you know, surprising songs that I've liked. But yeah. overall, like, you know, because as you know, I'll sit there and I'll listen to uh, what we review that week once mm-hmm. during like my lunch break at work during the week. And then once uh, one more time with lyric sheets in front of me at my computer right before we start recording these episodes. Yep. So I sat there, you know, and almost every time, especially like this week, especially mm-hmm. I, I sit it down at my lunch break, got my sandwich in hand. I pull up um, Ringmaster and I see the runtime is an hour and 10 minutes. And I just mm-hmm. think, oh, my God. Well, this, I, is, uh, this is insane. We've got a few episodes. The next three episodes are very short EPs for the most. Yes. Part. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be pretty good. But, you know, I listened through this one and not to tip my hand uh, or anything like that. But it wasn't an hour and 10 minutes that I absolutely hated. Same. Let's, same. let's, some, let's put it that points way. Yeah. Better than others. So. Real quick, before we, we're going to obviously do the thing that we always do. We're going to talk about 1994 in the world of hip hop. But I'm curious to know, uh, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, whatever it was when we started, you had only ever heard one ICP song once. Aside from that, you only had sort of a concept from other people and from memes of what they were. Is ICP so far what you expected or have you been sort of uh transformed have you been changed when it comes to your mindset around icp so i'll say i've been changed a little bit the concept that i had of icp is just uh before we started this is weird hardcore hip-hop clowns that lean into the clown shtick and i still kind of think that i still kind of think that yeah uh, probably and and not as much but also we've only been listening to the early releases so far Uh uh-huh so they haven't really fully gotten into their own now on this release there are definitely clear-cut leaning into being a clown circus stuff like that songs and we can we'll get to those later but yeah um, yeah. and i think that there's different eras of icp i think oh for sure you know we had their super early stuff that was not really insane clown posse it was definitely more you know the sort of trying to to be thugs and and hardcore rap copycat stuff now i think technically starting with beverly kills last episode and through the next six eight ten releases they're sort of 
in the next phase of ICP where they've sort of found who they are and they're leaning into the circus and clown stuff a little, but they're keeping a lot of what made them, you know, sort of street and underground. And then I think it transforms and it becomes a little more goofy and silly after that. And then from there, we're in uncharted territory that I don't know anything about. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see the clear cut line in the sand of phase one ICP and phase two ICP. And we are currently in phase two icp right which uh, is my 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 preferred phase and since uh we're speaking of that phase let's talk about 1994 in music and actually the cool thing about this is we're going to talk about 1994 music hip-hop right now and this is going to carry us not only through this episode but i believe the next the three, next three yeah yes are all released in 1994 icp was busy in 1994 that's for sure I think 94 and 95 was when they found themselves and that was when they started blowing up. Getting That's when they got signed and all I that gotcha. stuff. So. That, so that's when they kind of put it. That's when they they found themselves, put in work, and then uh, reaped the rewards of that. Yeah, they, they got signed in 95, I believe. And then I think it was like 96 or seven when they signed to Hollywood and they put out great Malenko, which was the one that like blew up that was on Disney owned label. And that's, that's when they became, I don't want to say mainstream, but that's, that's when you walked into hot topic and their shit was everywhere. You know what I mean? You see ICP stuff. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, so so yeah, let's get into, uh, popular releases of 1994 some, some super big stuff. And I only went with the things Huge that I stuff. think are enduring sort of influential things here. Absolutely. BC boys, definitely uh, influential with ill communication. Um, sabotage. Yeah. Like that sabotage, song is still in shot. every movie trailer. Oh, 100%. That song. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Um, Warren G had regulate um, mm-hmm. bone thugs and harmony creeping, creeping on, on a come, come up. up. Gotta now love that- it. That is, that's the album where they, all of a sudden, Bone was everywhere. Like, we talk about shifts in music, and they kind of came out the gate with this super fast, like, speed, like, crazy cadences. Uh, and I think that was a big moment in hip-hop as well. Not that we didn't oh, have other sure. people like, you know, Twista was doing it back in the day and stuff, but I think Bone were the ones that kind of made it more commercially viable. Yeah, I get that. I, I could see that. Um, Bone Thugs and Harmony was were definitely influential as hell. Yes, back in the nineties. Um, same with Gravediggers, Public Enemy, uh, mm-hmm. both released uh, Six Feet Deep and Muse. Sick in our mess age. In our message. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> that Gravediggers album is one of my favorites. But the funny thing about that, it's so it's a it's it's a Wu Tang, you know, sort of group, and it's got, you know several members of Wu-Tang plus some additional like peripheral uh, members as well. Right. But they were totally, this was the Wu-Tang's horror core project. Yeah. I, I never really super listened to Gravediggers a lot, but I do remember um, Diary of a Madman. That first album sure. is very good. Um, Notorious B.I.G. Gotta, gotta talk about Ready to Die. Big Papa was an anthem and still is today. Absolutely. Um, 100% a huge anthem. Uh, Death Row Records put out Murder Was the Case. Which is still a pretty sick track if you listen to it today. That's It's not on a Snoop Dogg album, but it's definitely one of his best known songs. Yes. Um, Murder Was the Case. I, I actually went and re-listened to that uh, earlier this week. 
because yeah. I saw it on here and I thought, oh man, I haven't listened to that song in forever. Great fucking song. Great yeah. fucking song. Method Man. Chacal. Uh, Bring the Pain is just a killer song. Another one that we got to talk about, though, Nas, Illmatic, came out with The World Is Yours and One Love. Uh, and oh. then there's two albums here that I put in a category called What the Fuck? These albums actually came out in 1994. Yeah, I saw that. That, that made me laugh. And and, and honestly, true. Weird. I, I Yes. Yeah. Strange. Vanilla Ice with Mind Blowing. With the track Roll Em Up about rolling up the Hootie Mac. Yes. <laughs> Such and, a terrible uh, song. And Hammer with the Funky Headhunter with the song Pumps and a Bump. Have you listened to that song? I went and listened to both of these songs. I listened, So I listened to Roll Em Up. I <laughs> did not get a chance to listen to Pumps and a Bump, though. Well, here's how it sounds. Pumps and a bump. Pumps and a bump. We like the girls with the pumps and a bump. Gotta love it. It's it's a lot of what the fuck. A lot of it. <laughs> right. Um, now, uh. I'd be remiss if I didn't... Uh, take time to recognize actually the biggest drop the biggest release of 1994 which is actually not on your list oh and that was when aaron locklear was released from his mother's womb we are now officially in territory that i have been alive through we did it we did it we're here we are here here we are uh dude some of my favorite i said this in 1992 but also in 1994, some great albums came out. Again, we continued to see, uh, you know, underground music, punk, and hardcore blowing up. No Effects, Punk, and Drublet came out. Helmet, Betty came out. Like right. Pantera, Far Beyond Driven came out. Biohazard, State of the World Address. Like a lot of sort of underground music was mainstream blowing up that year as well. So that's incredible. Yeah, it's 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 super sick. Um, 1994 was a banger of a year yes that i don't remember Um, well you couldn't possibly that's true uh so let's let's go ahead and get into this review uh 16 songs so it's gonna be a long one today uh so buckle up buttercup but we'll try to make them pretty brief so eric ringmaster why don't you give me a a rundown of kind of what the deal is with this album you got it. So uh, Ringmaster is the second face of the Dark Carnival. And you'll notice when when you listen to this album, they're not yet calling it the Dark Carnival by name. Um, but this is our second Joker's card. He's the leader of the Carnival of Carnage, uh, the Ringmaster is. And basically the concept is he's created through your sins, right? He's one of several characters people that are going to judge whether a soul is going to heaven or hell so that's the story uh so this album came out in 1994 when they signed the island later on down the road it was re-released in 1998 and 10 years after the album came out ringmaster was certified gold in 2004 right (laughs) hey i'd rather an album go gold 10 years later than never yeah, I mean, in 10 years, if, if COTC goes gold, or if 10 years promise nothing goes gold, hey, yeah. you and I are going to be sitting pretty, my dear friend. We're going out on that 10-year uh, anniversary tour. Oh, yeah, selling out stadiums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as stadiums get really small. Yeah, as, 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 as long as stadiums are like uh, like a Little League baseball stadium, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we're still doing social distancing, so they're at 20% capacity. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 20% capacity with social distancing uh, yes. 10 years later. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. 
so ringmaster this is uh, we we've talked a lot about mike clark over the episodes this is their first album that is fully produced solely by mike clark so no tracks produced by anybody else i think it shows because this one feels a little more consistent and really interesting here it was around this time it looks like 1993 that Throwing Fago at shows became a thing. I don't, do you remember, Aaron, last year when both Hollowed Out and Ballista played uh, TNT at... Uh, oh, yeah, Gas, Gas Monkey. Gas Monkey. Yeah. yeah. TNT, Trouble in Texas, is a huge music festival. Uh, we were lucky enough to play it, but... Don't know why it, either of us played it, but it was fucking sick. It was super sick, but we played the day after ICP and they were still trying to clean it up. So when we got there, because load in was early in the day, right. there were all these empty Fago cases outside and inside all you could smell was mixed Fago flavors. It was like orangey, like root beer, like the whole place was covered in Fago. See, this 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 will tell you something about uh, the difference between our bands is that I did not know that even happened at all. This is my first time hearing about it because Ballista shows up places super late. So it was probably already cleaned up by the time we got there. Yeah, they were finishing cleaning it when when we got there. Yeah, and we we got. I mean, we got there pretty early. You know, only a few other bands had gotten their Hold boundaries, out. and I am. Hollowed Out is a responsible band between the two of our bands. <laughs> if that that is for sure. So anyway, Fago at shows. That was just a, a little personal anecdote, uh, right? But the ICB talks about Fago in their songs, right? So they thought during a show in 1993, it would be cool to have some on stage and just drink it while we play, shouting out Fago. Well, there was a group of people in the crowd that was heckling them and flipping them off. So at some point, Violent J loses his temper and throws a bottle of Fago at these people. Incredible. Pissed off. But apparently, the crowd flipped the fuck out and loved it, like they were cheering it on. So they started throwing more, and it they got to be known for it. It just became a thing. So they've never stopped. Now they go on tour with like literally a semi full of Fago. Huh? It's That's wild. insane. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Fago is probably in large part still in business because of them. I think it's true. It's got to. be I mean, because not only like them on their tours, but also like all of their fans probably always drinking Fago. I mean, we are now looking into how to buy Fago. So yeah, we 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 really are. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, thinking, maybe, hey, Fago reps, if you're listening to this, if you have a Google alert about anything ICP, uh, and you scroll ten pages to find us, if you're listening to this, send us some Fago so we can uh, drink it and review it, please. We Thanks. would love to do. I mean. That would be amazing. We want to do reviews of Fago when we do the EPs that are shorter and stuff. Uh, so send us a variety pack and make sure you get some Arctic Sun in that bitch. And you know what? Here's a, a little sample of what you're going to get. Um, currently, I'm drinking Topo Chico, and they're not paying me to say this, but Topo Chico is incredible. I love it. I think everybody should go buy Topo Chico because it's delicious. Agree. I love Topo Chico. We go through a ton of it here. Uh, as a matter of fact... The picture of us that we're painted and jugified and I'm holding a Fago bottle in my hand. Yes. That's actually a Topo Chico bottle. That, that is a Fago Topo on. Chico that I threw the Fago logo on. Topo Chico, don't get mad, please. No, <laughs> but well, we uh, love. Yeah, Topo that's Chico. actually that's actually. Yeah, I forgot that 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 was actually a Topo Chico. That's funny that yeah. uh, that I'm drinking one now. 
Maybe we should be a Tobo Chico podcast. Who knows? Maybe. Um, I, you know what else I'm a big fan of? Not to promote more brands, but no, we go do ahead. this. Uh, I'm drinking uh, some Waterloo, which is a sparkling uh, water beverage that's all natural and marked vegan very clearly on the packaging that I love. Uh, but they're they're from Austin, and I love these delicious flavored sparkling waters, Waterloo. Gotta love it. Waterloo, send us some stuff, please. Please and thanks. When we do um, the podcast live tour, we will spray the crowd with Waterloo and Topo Chico. Oh, absolutely. Yes. One hundred percent. Um now speaking of podcasts and uh and this podcast and yes. our podcast, uh I found out what our podcast is gonna be next after we're we're finished reviewing everything ICP related. All right, what is it? Um, it is, uh, and it's just like the ICP podcast. It was birthed into existence because I thought of a name quiet comma. We are R E colon Corden spelled like James Corden's last name. And, uh, it's going to, so it's, it's said as quiet. We are recording and, uh, it's just going to be us going through James Corden's full life. That includes the Cats live action movie. Oh, yeah, uh, that includes the Late Late Show. <laughs> right. All of the uh, crosswalk musicals and uh, car karaoke, whatever. And arguably, it will be way worse than this podcast. It will be. It will be <laughs> difficult to get through. It yeah, uh, it'll be yeah. Boy. I'm saying way worse on us for sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but James um, Corden will love it. Yeah, Maybe James not. Corden will actually probably hate it. But anyway, yeah, so okay, so. Uh, I'm seeing here uh, with Ringmaster when they ordered their CDs and tapes, they ordered 10,000 CDs and 10,000 tapes. Yeah, which is a Uh, lot. But back in the day, that's a pretty small order. It's a small order because, I mean, you got to think back in the day, there was no Spotify. There was no iTunes. There was no streaming services. You know, if you wanted music, you went to a show and bought a CD or tape or you bought one online. Um, And even then, even then buying one online, that's still like barely into effect. Right, um, and we were seeing. Remember, we were seeing uh, Kid Rock sold a hundred thousand copies of his first album. Right. We're seeing Esham selling fifty thousand when his album's released. So, twenty thousand total, getting is, big but not big. Twenty thousand total is the right size for the size that they were at the time. Exactly, absolutely. Um, but so they did this seven weeks ahead of the release. All of the albums had misprints. So to make up for it, the pressing company actually doubled their order at no extra charge sending a total of 40,000 40, CDs and tapes. And yeah. they sold all 40,000 copies uh, locally around the Detroit area. So yeah. um, it was so popular, they were selling out larger clubs. I had I had one of the CDs. Did you really? Okay, did you, have a, did you have a misprint or a, uh, a normal one? No, I had the, nor- the, the actual ones that got out into stores. I don't think they released the misprints. Maybe they sold them at shows or something. I don't know, but I did have one of them. And uh, I no longer do. So, so I'm, I'm thinking that there are 10,000 or 20,000 misprinted Ringmaster uh, releases, physical copies out there uh, that were sold or, at shows in the Detroit area. Probably. Or in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah. Or they're sitting in a warehouse. Who knows? But uh, so in 1995, after this album, they signed with Jive Records, who funded a video for Chicken Hunting. Uh, but it was so bad that neither they nor the label were willing to release it. <laughs> yeah. It never Insane. got released great uh apparently uh 
Violent J and Two Dope had concepts for the video. And then when Jive was like, well, we're paying for it. So here's what we're going to do. And the director showed up and was like, here's the video. And Violent J actually was like, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. And <laughs> in the end, nobody liked the video. So they just didn't release it. Perfect. Perfect. So let's go through our overall thoughts and then let's get into track by track. Let's do it. Um, so Eric, what, what are your thoughts on Ringmaster? You know, it's funny when I think back, this was one that I remembered listening to a lot and really liking and overall listening again, it's been a while. This is probably their most cohesive and polished release so far. I think there's some great tracks at moments. There's some solid production, actually some really sick flows and lyrics and stuff here and there. Songs range to me from legitimately kind of scary and weird to outright goofy and silly, which keeps you off balance. That's cool. But with that said, at times, this one was a struggle to get through for me. And I think if I remember back, there were several tracks that I would skip. I really wanted to skip some this time as well. Uh, I think some of the songs go on way too long. I think the album itself overall is a little too long. Like if I could cut three tracks and trim a minute or two from a couple of songs, this would be a really slick, like 50 minute LP. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm having the same overall thoughts as you, uh, by far and large, the most cohesive release that they have released so far. I agree with you on that. Definitely songs that I wanted to skip. Even on my first listen, within 30 yeah. seconds, I could tell, okay, this song is garbage. I'll probably never listen to this again uh, like a day in my life. Yeah. Like, this is this is a pointless song. I, I don't want to listen to it. So I, I think that you could actually, I agree with you, cut a few songs, cut down a couple more songs, and have mm-hmm. a solid 45 to 50 minute release. Yeah. I think there's a, a several songs, like something that I noticed, and that... They very clearly remedy after this album, but it was also something I think that we felt on the last couple of releases. Uh, The song comes to a natural conclusion, and then there's another minute and a half or two minutes of like musical outro or something. And I'm like, why do these songs need to be five and six minutes? That was a chill three and a half minute, four minute song would have been fine there. Yeah, I actually I wrote down on one of the songs and I'll, I'll let you know which one when we get to it. But I wrote down. Uh, ICP are the CEO of making cool little interlude songs two times longer than they actually need to be. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, that it's just their brand in my head at this point that they just do not know when to stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think some of it is the tracks were produced and that's how the track was produced. So instead of editing or trimming it down, they just left it. Yeah, that very well, very well could be, very well could be. Uh, and overall, as far as production wise goes, um, Mike did a great job. Yeah, on, on this on this release, I, I fully, I'm a Mike Clark fan through and through. After this one, I think same. Uh, you know, because I didn't. I, overall, I didn't hate this release. It's same. just some it's still things in my top favorites. Yeah, some things could have been cut that that didn't really need to be there. Yeah, you know? agree. Agree. Um, so let's go ahead and get in track by track. Uh, so let's do it. We're going to start off with track one, Wax Museum, the intro track to the uh, to the album. Yeah, it is an intro track. To me, a very long intro track that Correct. basically introduces the album and the ringmaster and gives you some additional context on Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope's roles in the whole 
dark carnival and process, which I suppose is important as they are figuring it out as they go. So actually on genius.com, uh, I'm reading the lyrics and, um, on the side over here, they said the ringmaster is an unusual album because unlike the rest of the Joker card albums, the ringmaster does not have an out or does not have an intro rather and a separate song explaining the Joker's card. Instead, the song Wax Museum acts as a fusion of the two. Yes, I don't which we s- said they should have done last time. Wait, yes, which they said we said they should have done last time. I don't see this as uh, an intro and a song, though. I see it as a giant intro because even like on the uh, on the albums or on the lyrics, it says intro. Then it has all the the lyrics of the intro. Then it says verse one. But verse yeah. one was just a, another a, a spoken intro with like a little bit different of a beat behind it. Yeah, that's what it is. If they had split this between the spoken intro up to where he goes, ring master, which is actually pretty cool, um, it would have been uh, spoken intro, musical intro, and then Murder Go Round is the first proper song to me. Correct. Correct. Um, So I I think uh, it works well. I'm glad that they meshed the two of them together um, of just laying everything out. In the first song, get that out of the way. Let's get to the actual music. Um, I like that, that they they actually merged them. Like you said, yeah. we did reference this uh, in previous episodes that they needed to do it. Yep. I'm glad that they took a time machine, went back in time, and uh, took our advice. Yes, absolutely. Thank um, you for listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Violent J and Shaggy2Dope, for listening to us and taking that advice, inventing a time machine, and then going to fix this. Really appreciate it. Makes yeah. me feel heard. But yeah. um, I, I wouldn't count this as uh, an intro and a song put together. I count this as just one giant intro. Yeah. And so here's my thoughts on it. We probably don't need to get too deep into it. There's some cool stuff here, I guess. The beat is fine for an intro track. But to me, it gets a little old after three minutes. Uh, I was If they cut it in half, would have been so much better. I do love how this song ends because it ends with let's go motherfuckers and i was like yes let's yes and and that outro actually segues perfectly into the very abrupt start of the second song murder go round yes um let's let's go to murder let's go to murder go round it is very difficult for me to admit that one of my favorite songs on this album probably one of my favorite songs uh of icps that i've listened to yet was the second song already on this on this release so so i was listening to this i enjoyed it so much and then i looked at the track listing after this and thought man i might just stop here (laughs) this this might be the one for me i don't know i might just stop here so here's the thing man listening to it now i always thought it was kind of a cool song but beat is cool kind of chill the flow and lyrics are super tight it never really lets up it's it's some super good lines. I love the hook with the the circus music and the sort of chaos of screaming and the 808 drops. Uh, I, I was going to try and call out some of my favorite lines, but seriously, all of it is pretty sick. I think the second verse, though, is probably the best overall. The second verse is is great. Yeah. Um. So they they shout out some some Detroit gangs in the second verse. Yeah. Um. I do want to, and and they actually um they they shout out to the couple lines after the uh the gangs they say i don't understand why some beefing in town we went nationwide and still southwest down so they're saying like hey bitch like we're we're not locals anymore we're out here kind of thing 
Um, and even but, though they were not distributing nationally, they were out touring nationally or trying to. Yes, so. they they were uh, attempting it and and, right. and putting themselves out there. Um, I love uh, where they 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 call out uh, all the the gangs and they say we love gangbangers and we hope they love us back. We're just some wicked clowns and it's been like that. Right, right. Um, so saying like, hey, we don't have any problem with you. Please yeah. don't have problems with us. Um, my favorite line on this song though is uh, "took a shot and he missed." Too dope bit the dust. That's when Too Dope comes in and says, "What? I ain't got shot, bitch." Then flip back to Violent J and says, "So now you must." Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. It was. It was really funny. Um, it's good. I did also put here to track back to what you're saying about the flow. It was relentlessly just going. The lyrics and the flow were both just hitting you like every turn you took never let up they were fantastic i loved the lyrics and flow in this one if this is what icp was all the time there would be no issues with them being respected there would be nobody making fun of them on the internet they'd be like all right they're fucking tight exactly oh absolutely absolutely um and and so uh we have fago reference number one on the album uh here actually Mm -hmm. Not that many Fago references on this album. There's a few, um, so couple, please call couple. them out. I will call them out. Just a couple, but but uh, not as many as as usual. It seems like Juggalo was said in this song again as mm-hmm. well. Nobody fucks with a Joker O Juggalo uh, yep. again. One of those things, just throwing the O at the end of the of the the line. Right. Um. Also, they say in the ha a lot, which is obviously referencing their song in the ha um on the previous release yep i noticed that too so that was cool yeah no this song was great that's that's really all i have to say about it yeah you know when we were talking about songs that feel like they're a little too long right when i felt like this one was going to be too long they had this musical outro with this sick record scratch and it was the tarzan yell record scratch and i was like all right, so now it doesn't feel too long because there's a reason for me to be hearing this musical outro. That's cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so shall we move on? Yes. Yeah, so uh, next song is Chicken Hunting, a redneck killing anthem. Anthem. Uh, I got to be honest. This song is super hard for me to listen to. I love the song Chicken Hunting. It's actually, I think, the first song of theirs I ever heard. But this is not the version I first heard. This one, when we get to Riddlebox in a few episodes, I'll remind you about this, and then we'll have a conversation about it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm actually excited to hear. So it actually, it's annotated on the side over here on Genius.com's lyric sheet for it. Um, a more widely known version of this song is the Slaughterhouse remix, which was released right. in their third LP in Joker's Card Riddlebox in 1995. Yeah, so, it's hard. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear what that one sounds like. This one was okay for me. I mean, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Uh, yeah, it's real country, beat you know, kind of chill. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. Uh, chill. I did like the uh, lyric. I wrote it down here. Hit him with the twelve gauge bucket, chicken nuggets. Yep, definitely leaning hard into chicken, which is fucking great. Chicken is cool, but yeah, it's just the really the. I had that lyric written down and the fact that this was a redneck killing anthem. Other than that, not too many things popped out to me on this one. I'll tell you what stands out to me and probably because I'm so used to the slaughterhouse mix. Uh, there is a part where there, the, the song sort of has a little bit of a breakdown and violent J does this verse where he goes, 
Went to Kentucky, I got lucky, met this hog calling bitch named Bucky, riding on a chicken, milking a sow, hitting switches in a drop top low ride tractor. Like that whole verse, so sick. Yeah, I, Actually, I did. Both uh, of them, they trade off there, I think. Yeah, verse three. So that was, um, yeah, I believe that was Violent J. And then uh, Shaggy Two Dope comes in af- after that. Redneck fellow, Moonshine Sella, hanging by his neck bones, chicken bones. Lock him in the cellar, yellow belly chicken plucker, you redneck fucker. Yeah. Yeah. That whole part I think is super sick. That line is very cool. And you're right. Yeah. It's kind of like it's like a breakdowny part, so it's it it really stands out. Yeah. Um, so let's uh let's go ahead and move on to uh Mr. Johnson's head. Ooh, let's move on to wow, Mr. Johnson's head. This one Uh-oh, is what's sinister. That? It's sinister, good, sinister, bad. What, what, what are your thoughts on this one? So I because I've got a little bit of context here, I know that much like Chicken Hunting, this song was re-recorded for a later release um, and was forced off of the album because of the subject matter. And the subject matter of this song doesn't play well, or maybe it plays really well now, uh, but it's literally about a somebody who's just a loser in high school that nobody even notices or cares about. And he's staring at, you know, the girl that he's in love with that doesn't even know his name. And he literally kills his teacher, cuts his head off and brings it to school with him in his backpack. Yes. So I actually kind of enjoyed this song. The it it is, is, it's, it's good. It's definitely a uh, very sinister song. Like you said, yeah. Um, but the chorus is sick and the chorus is catchy. This chorus is probably the biggest chorus off this album that I'll probably be singing in my head next week. Yep. Um, the chorus is very catchy. Beat kind of sucks. Uh, wasn't See, a huge I kind of liked the beat. It um, was just chill, though. It was dark, slow. Right. Yeah, it, it was very dark, uh, slow. That's for sure. But, you know, I th- overall, I, I thought this song was okay. I thought it was the lyrics good. and the lyrics and writing on this were fucking fantastic. If you just read the lyrics, man, it tells a story. If it was made into a movie, this would be a, a really messed up horror movie that had a lot of heart and emotion to it. But oh, you were yeah. talking about the chorus. Hit us with it. So the chorus, uh, I couldn't stand the pressure. Not another day. I didn't like the fucker, Mr. Johnson. Anyway, I sat up in his class. He hung a rebel flag. I cut the bigot's head off and I stuffed it in my bag. So there's some interesting stuff in this song that's, again, you know, I said this in the very first episode and it's really cool to see it and hear it now again and see it coming together. But they have a a, a shtick, right? They're killer clowns. They've got a circus theme, but they also have something to say. And within this song about killing their teacher, they're also... There's a lot of stuff about rejecting the academic glorification of historical figures that were slave owners, that were bad people, things like that. It was wild. Oh, yeah. It was it was great. I mean, who owned a couple slaves? But I guess it doesn't matter. Fuck Washington. Benjamin. Fuck them all out. They can suck my nuts till they would teeth fall out. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah. it's it's insane how like the the social com. I mean, on the surface, this is just a song talking about killing your teacher. Um, and it fits right into their stick. You're right. But yep. if you dig deeper, if you actually listen to what they're saying, it has a great social commentary. Yeah. I will um, say, though, this is another song that I felt like maybe was about a minute too long. They could have trimmed it down. Yeah. So if you go. So the outro is just the chorus 
over and over yeah. and over again, like eight to ten times to cut it in half. Yeah. I get like do the chorus one more time. Then with the outro where you you change it up a little bit and and you you add in some some words and some lyrics behind it. But do that like a couple more times and just get the fuck out of there. You yeah, know what I mean? Agree. Come on. Agree. Come on. But overall, overall, good song. So we go yeah. from Chicken Hunting to Mr. Johnson's Head to then Southwest Song. Uh, you know, the Mr. Rogers sample at the beginning is fucking cool. Like, good people sometimes do bad things. You know, I was like, all right, yeah. that's cool. That, that was I pretty think this song is boring, personally. Uh, this is a skip song for me. I have I have the same thing written down. I, I wanted to skip this song. I said, not much of an opinion on this one. Flow is all right. Beat is yep. okay. Yeah. Um. That's about it. Skit, yeah, I mean, skit at the end was kind of funny. I think I think so too. My my full notes are this is a skip for me, not for any reason other than it's just kind of uneventful. I do like that it's about being down and out living in their neighborhood, but I don't think it says anything intriguing. Cut it in half or leave it off the album. Skit at the end is fucking great. Yeah, that's I think we are in agreement uh in agreement on that one. So let's go ahead and move on to Get Off Me Dog. Mm, let's. Let's. What are you? What are your thoughts on this one? The first verse comes in. Motherfuckers got a tweak. Got a tweak. Why a tweak? I thought when I first listened to this, they were saying motherfuckers got a tweet. Got a tweet. Why you tweet? And then I had to remember this came out in 1994. Twitter did not exist. Thing is, um, though, I still feel like if that's what they were saying, it would still work conceptually. Yeah, I think conceptually it it, it would work. Um. So this song is about two dope just kind of being fucked and and backwards and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's um, all him. This is just a two dope track. Yeah, this is a solely two dope track. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. Honestly. Yeah, I, I love this one because it's short. It's under two minutes. It's right to the point. I think the beat is sick, and I really like that bass line. Yeah, the bass the bass line was cool. Now yeah. I don't think i might be speaking out of turn here but i think chris conley might have done some work on this album as well he definitely did because they call him out because they call him out yes i have a note later that they call him out which is sick so uh i will i do want to say before we move out of here i love the line uh jelly jello boy because my nutsack jiggles jiggles and when it's cold out my nutsack shrivels shrivels and crawls up my booty hole warm and snug and get chased out by the booty hole bug. Yep. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, all of the lyrics on this are pretty tight, but also like just what the fuck? This this song shows you kind of just how fucking weird 2Dope is. Yep. And it's great. Yep. It's it's it, it, I I love so like showing just how goofy and weird and just fucking out there these guys are. Yeah, and remember when we were listening to Beverly Kills, you're like, I really like this line where Two Dope says, get off me, dog, I'm shit-faced. I mean, I ain't got shit on my face, but you know, and I was like, he's got a whole song on the next album called Get Off Me, Dog, yeah. it's just him. It's, uh, and and, and it's, it's it shows like, like this is them not trying to be hard, or this is him, I, rather, uh, not trying to be hard too much, not trying to, to be a clown, you know? Yeah. This is just him just showing you like, hey, this is this is me. I'm a fucking weirdo. And remember, it's like funny. We were talking about how old he was on the last episode. Mm -hmm. We were like, how old do you think he was there? We have our answer here, because in this song, he says, 
19 years of breathing smog got me mental, so get off me, dog. So 19. Yes, he is 19 years old. Um, like, damn. I wish at 19 wow. I could drop a track like that. I would have been happy if I did. Yeah, I wish at 19 I would be able to uh, buy 10,000 copies of a release and then sell all out of it. Yeah, right? Um, yeah, or 20,000 rather if you count right. both the CDs and the tapes. Well, they uh, sold 40. Yeah, and they sold 40,000. Uh, whereas yep. uh, Ballista sold 60, and I'm almost 26. <laughs> hey, you did uh, it. <laughs> and not 60,000 either. 60, 6 0. But uh, yeah, ICP yeah, wins this fight. ICP wins this fight. That's for sure. If there's one thing you can uh, take from this, is that ICP is better than Ballista. Um, so let, let's move on. Or, if here. you're good. You're right. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to who asked you. Wicked times, wicked times. Wicked yep. times. So who uh, asked you, what are you thinking you? on this one? Uh, yeah, I think this song is pretty cool. Beats okay. Uh, it's not super long, so that's okay. Uh, why do we do the things that we do? I kind of like that whole thing. It's just, it kind of carries over from Get Off Me Dog. It's like, these guys are goofy, but there's one specific <laughs> lyric that I thought was really funny. And I really it's Violet hope, J. I really hope it's, it's going to be the same, same one. one. Okay. It's yeah. got to be the same one. Gotta he says, be. Violet J goes, fucked your mother at the motel eight fingers in her booty. Strawberry shake. Daddy walks in to see the sick clown moving his butt cheeks up and down. Okay. Mine actually was two lines after that. But I, I did really like that one as well. I, that one stood out to me as well, but the one that stood out to me, uh, two lines after this was I make rap rhymes and I make quick bucks and everyone sucks my nuts. Shucks. Shucks. <laughs> um, and I think that's funny because I make rap rhymes and I make quick bucks just to me sounds like a weird like radio Disney white person trying to rap. It like, does. Kind of like freestyle flow thing. But I think it's hilarious uh, that immediately after he says, and everybody sucks my nuts, shucks. Yes, because um, he knows exactly what he just said. Sounds like it should be. on. Yeah, he's, he knows that he just said something corny as hell and owned it. Oh, absolutely owned it. And that's why I love Violent J so much. Yes. <laughs> so this song, I I, th- I wrote down this song is just showing off their flow. Um, and they got some flow there. And they got they definitely got some flow. I like uh fuck cop pork chop jiffy pop cops, which can't, comes right after fuck the police fuck giving props. Uh, yep. I should have started on that line, but you should have because you said them out of order. But I guess I what, did. It still works. Yeah. Um. So other than that, I don't really have too much written down on this one. It was just okay. a fun, fun song to to go go through their flow. Uh. Anything else for you on this one? Yeah, I'm good on that one. All right, the dead one. The dead one. This is track um, eight. Track eight. Yes. So this yeah. is officially around the, the halfway point of this album. Okay. I'm super curious to know what did you think about the dead one? So um, <clears throat> let me read this contribution on the side over here real fast. Okay. Um, and it just kind of explains what this song is, uh, which you you get if you listen to the song and read the lyrics. But but this is kind of puts it pretty concise here. So. Uh, in this song, Violent J is gunned down in a gunfight, but his death isn't instantaneous. He walks around trying to live his life as he slowly rots away confused. He doesn't want to admit that he's died, and his denial is so strong and it allows him to survive even for only a few moments. 
That's an interesting take on it because my take is he dies at the beginning. He talks about getting shot and he's already dead. And throughout the song, he's, he's asking, am I, am I dead? You know, I don't want to die. There's somebody like, there's a sample. Did it hurt? You know, I think the song is so dark, so morbid. Uh, It's a very different vibe for them. There's nothing, there's nothing goofy or funny, not a bit in this song. There's nothing goofy or funny or hard or anything like that about this song. It's all it I mean this song is is Violent J facing his mortality. I kind of interpret this more as he dies and he's now some in some sort of half yeah, afterlife half, you know, half still being on earth kind of ether here. Yes. And he's kind of trying to figure out like what the fuck is happening to him next. Trying to come um, to terms and, with and, and, and yeah, with come to dead. terms with his mortality, yes. which is not something that we've seen from ICP yet uh, no. until this point. I think so, the song is legit kind of scary to listen to, but it's also, this is going to sound weird to say, it's pretty emotional. You know, you can feel the anguish in his voice and the delivery in this one. Oh, you absolutely can. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's dark. It's it's kind of weird for them. If if you if you were an ICP fan and, and listened to this album the first time and you heard this song, you know you'd you'd probably take a pause before you go on to the next song and think like, huh, what the fuck was that? Yeah, and you know? I I did even this time, but I. I really, I really dug this one. I really like this one. Yeah, this. Uh, I mean, I have no. I, I, I. It's not that I don't like it. I actually heavily enjoy the song. Very different. I would like to see them do things like this a little bit more. Same. Same. You know, it, admit that you are a human being and confront that mortality and that that realization. Yeah, and then of course you know it's feeling so different for them. Uh, Two Dope brings it back around at the end because the song ends and immediately Two Dope yells, you dead bitch and laughs. Yes. So I think this song should have ended after verse five. You you might disagree with me. I think the song should have ended after verse five, cut that last long chorus and uh, down to maybe two lines and yeah, then San- and then sandwich that with the the shaggy two dope your dead bitch outro. Uh, this is where I put CEO of making cool little uh, outro interludes two times longer than they need to be. Yeah, I, this one didn't bother me as much, but yes, that happens so much on this album, and I I'm sure this song would have benefited from a little uh, editing. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, so that's my thoughts on the dead one. Uh, let's go ahead and hop over to my fun house. <laughs> let's. What did you think about the skit at the beginning of this one? Um, I thought it was it was uh pretty pretty funny because um, it's two cops. You got two cops showing up at somebody's house who's it's a woman whose husband's been murdered. Right, and then uh, one cop is trying to console her. The other one says, "Come over here." Cop one says she's pretty hysterical. Then cop two says, "Uh, well, have you tried fondling her breasts?" Uh, (laughs) no i haven't no i haven't uh give it a try it says they're there miss does that make you feel any better and then she actually yeah it for some reason does make her feel better that her (laughs) her dead husband well okay yeah his her husband's dead and uh she's getting felt up by a police officer (laughs) yeah and i love that you can hear when the new office like sounds like rookie kind of officer i don't know what to do she's hysterical and he goes talk to the other cop that cop clearly has a mouthful of donut while he's talking 
Right. Yeah. And 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 he uh he says, "Well, have you tried fondling her breasts so confidently?" Yeah. That I can only assume that this is like his go-to move to console <laughs> women. Procedure. Yeah, this is this is standard operating procedure. This is SOP for this guy. I was but, like, that's that's kind of messed up and I'm like, but also I think they're like fuck these shitty cops anyway. Yeah, it was it was kind of like a a, a rip on cops, which is a okay in my book. Uh yeah. at all times. So, yeah. um my fun house. My fun house. This is them getting back into uh clown and killing and killer killer clowns and stuff like that. Um yeah. B B was kind of cool. Um there's a, a reference to this song to the song 17 Dead in here. Yep. Um that's where you get beat by 17 wicked clowns for the 17 dead bodies never found. Mm-hmm. Uh so that was pretty cool that they added that in there. The very first time I heard this song I recognized it right away that the baseline in this is, I don't know if it's an actual sample or if they played it, but it's the same baseline as Bullet in the Head by Rage Against the Machine off their first record. So according to Genius.com, it is a, a full sample. Okay. Because it's sped up Bullet in the Head. Yeah. I think it's it's a, a sample that's been sped up, but... um. Um, yeah. In the chorus, at the they have some lyrics going backwards. Um, I'm sick in my nugget uh, is played mm. over and over backwards. Tegan yum ni sis me, basically. So that's I'm sick in my nugget backwards. <laughs> it is. I'm going to turn it backwards when I edit this and see how it sounds if you did it or not. Oh, pl- please do. Please do. Yeah, I want to see if I actually was uh, successful in that. Yeah, so th- this song, the beat was cool. Uh, flows are all right. Yeah. Talking so, about rich people and, and fucking yep. them over, so that's cool with me. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Uh, rich people end up in the ghetto when they're in Violent J's funhouse, and they kill the people, and that's that. Yeah, so I liked like at the very beginning. Um, yeah, and it, it's like right out of the gate. Rich boys in trouble. Car broke down on a drive through the ghetto. All the weird people. You got to get the fuck out. Need to use my phone. Step into my funhouse, and then yep. boom, we're in it. We're there. Yep. Um, uh, it's a pretty sick track. I mean, it's not one that I'm like, yeah, that's great. Probably be fun live. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this one is probably, I'm not saying I hated it and it was pointless because it was a pretty sick song. But if I listen to this album ever again, I would probably go ahead and skip my fun house. Probably. It's I fine. Yeah, I it's, wouldn't, I, I don't need to hear it, but I wouldn't be mad if it, you know, it's fine. Right. I wouldn't actively press skip if I'm shuffling this album. But I, you know, like I hate it or something, but I right. wouldn't go out of my way to ever listen to the song again. I don't think. Exactly. So um, shall we move on to 10? Yes. For 10, the maggots. For the maggots. For the maggots. Uh, the one thing I wrote down for this one is their flows are getting better. Dude, this song, I think it's another really creepy slow beat, but this is another, I love this is short, like sub two minute track straight to the point, but this is just a track calling out fake friends that leave you high and dry when the shit hits the fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, which is super sick. I think the, the message was, was pretty, pretty cool. Their flows were cool. But other than that, I, th- I think it's another skip for me. Uh, but what, yeah, what, what were your opinions on it? Yeah, I like the track. It's it's short enough that I wouldn't bother skipping it. It's not one that's so great. I like 
I like the sentiment, you know. That's one true. For the it, maggots, punk gets light every time the crew gets into a fight, you know. It is only a minute forty-seven. I guess that that's true. I mean, I, it's kind of not worth skipping it at that point. You have a good point there. Yeah, but uh, if we want to move on to the next song, we can talk about one I'm happy to skip. Uh, wagon, wagon. Yes, yes. This is a definitely a um skip song for me. Now, I I do want to say the beat was kind of sick. There's a reference to uh, Mr. Nevers. Are you aware of what that is? Mm, no. So officers Larry Nevers and Walter Bud Budzin were convicted of beating a 35-year-old uh, Malice Green to death on November 5th, 1992. Um, so mm. don't matter who you are, don't matter who you are, we're going straight to hell. It, and it ain't far, Mr. Nevers, you seem to be the killjoy, so get your fat ass in, boy. So these are, it's. I mean, it's talking about injustice, you know, social injustice uh, with cops, yeah, which uh, I, uh, is still prevalent today. So I struggle with the song because even though there's some valuable stuff there, like the song starts out, like the intro is like super dark and mean, like I'm ready for something to kick in. And then when the beat kicks in, it's just goofy as fuck. I'm like, what? Where it's, did yeah, it's goofy bait as and switch. Very much. And the song is it's literally about the hearse they drive called the wagon. Now, this uh, song does have the, the Chris Conley shout out here towards the end. Yeah. Um, it also has something. So I know that uh, that uh, Violent J and Two Dope are are deranged. I know that they're insane people. I know that yeah. they are uh, clinically insane, but it never fully set in until the lyric i drank an old 40 bottle full of bloody mary that is the most deranged thing i have ever heard in my fucking life a 40 ounce bloody mary you are sick violent j you are sick and need to be committed into a mental institution and locked up in a straitjacket in a padded room for that one I love that that's the line that did it for me. That is deranged, sir. Well, that is disgusting. We now know where the line is. That is the line. They crossed it. I hate it. I hate it here. Um, Uh, One line I really did like is we don't do drive-bys in the wagon. Instead, we just get out and stab your fucking ass. Yeah, uh, that one stood out to me as well. I thought that was pretty sick. But uh, other than that, I am. Yeah, I would probably skip this one. Let's head on to number 12, The Loons. So neck uh, in the intro when I first listened to it without the lyric sheets, yeah. Uh, the hello, and then you hear neck cutta. Yeah. Uh, I thought they were saying Nick Cannon. <laughs> so it, the the beginning of the song is a, a woman answering the phone. The phone rings. She answers hello, and he's who is this neck cutta neck cutta? Yeah. But it would be hilarious if he was like it's Nick Cannon. So okay, so out. Nick Cannon would have been. 14 at the time when I I actually had to go. I wanted to go in and look up uh, when Nick Cannon was was born. He was born in the in 1980. But yeah, he would have been 14 when this came out. Uh, So I thought Nick Cannon. What the fuck? Like while and out wasn't even a thing yet. Like he was not a person. Like he was a person. He wasn't a, a and, well, and then and then it, it got to the chorus, which I'm the net cutter and I'm three blocks away. Yeah. Um. And this song is basically just uh, Violent J 
being like a murderer who is slowly getting closer and closer to his victim's house. And over the song, you start to feel that the victim, like this is a revenge killing, that this is a politician or something like that. Because he says something, uh, something to the effect of, your little governor has taken everything I've got. I can't feed a family. I can't feed a dog. So I'll cut your fucking head off. And then there's another part where he's like, uh, something about them having money and he tried to come in, but you slammed the golden gate. So he snuck around the back and stole your money stack. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm begging on my knees and you slam your golden gate. So I picked myself up and I snuck around the back and I took your money stack and then snapped your fucking neck. Yeah. So there's something there, but I don't know if you noticed this. This song feels a lot like if you remember back on Carnival of Carnage, there were two songs, Night of the Axe and Psychopathic, Psychopathic. Yes. Um, This feels like a follow up. Like if those two songs kind of didn't suck and had a more cohesive story, it would be this. He even says Psychopathic near the beginning of the song. Yeah, this this song is definitely like the third installation of those um, those other two saw the the previous two songs i agree and for i me, agree so much better uh it is by far and large the best out of the three yes um i really like this track yeah, this track is great i like at the end the outro uh he he walks up he's like I'm, I'm coming up there i'm the net cutter i'm coming up there i'm the net cutter um come to your front door i'm the net cutter uh bitch i'm coming coming to your front door uh, then you hear him. He's kind of hyping himself self up like, I'm the net cutter. I'm the net cutter. This is what I do. This is what I do. He says, I'm going to kill these motherfuckers. I'm the net cutter. Doorbell, gunshots. Honey, honey, I got him. Woohoo, I got him in his fucking head. He won't be coming around here no more. So he immediately just shits <laughs> the bed and fails. Yeah. Immediately dead when he gets there. Yeah, it's... uh. So I, I really like that at the end. I thought that was hilarious. Like that was the great yeah. twist that like this guy is sitting here like this is what I fucking do. I'm evil. I, I fucking kill these guys. And then boom, fail. He was like, not shit. Yep. That's um, the end of the story. The segue at the end, Fago reference number two, and it brings us to love song. Yep. Love song. Uh, it's funny, but it's also dumb. I... <laughs> so heavily enjoyed this song i have it's to like, tell you it's, eric it's like making fun of cheesy r&b love songs right? it is yeah it, it is so fucking good uh <laughs> i knew i i really both love song and the next track bugs on my nugs i'm like aaron's gonna love the fuck out of these songs dude i was just i had a huge smiles during both of these songs the beat for love song Maybe this is a testament to how much I love like 90s R&B, but the beat to love song was so fucking sick. <laughs> I loved that beat and the music so much. The flow was super good. Um there's another Mad Dog reference that yeah. uh that's that a good I liquor. like that that reference because well, I'll let you say it. It's cool. Yeah, uh smoke a nice blunt, drink some Mad Dog through the night. And your ugly bitch turns into Karen White. <laughs> uh, so you want to know what this song gave me the vibes of? What? Um, the end of the first Hangover movie. Oh yeah, okay. the post-credit sequence uh, where the wedding band is singing. Uh, fuck, you know what I'm talking about? The wedding I band do. is singing that very inappropriate R&B song at the wedding. Yes. 
Uh, this song gave me so much of those vibes. That would be it. Would be awesome and to have. I thought. At a wedding. I thought if this was played at a wedding, I would go crazy. This is hilarious. Um, There's so many like million dollar lines in this song and the next one as well. Uh, did you have any favorites? I've got I've got one written down that I really like. Yeah. So um, one of my favorites is I, I have one of the lines written down, but I would really like to get the the second line as well. So first, okay, first of all, and I didn't look this up until the next song that we get to because it's also in in there. Yeah. But uh, the word netting. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for you to bring that up. So I had to Urban Dictionary that bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so do you do you know uh, the story of where that word came from? Because I, I I've known that word now for most of my life, but I uh, there was a point where I had to be like, I don't understand, and somebody had to explain it to me. Yeah, I do, it just says a juggalette's uh, vagina, basically. Well, so but I don't know the story about it. The story is, and I, I don't know if it was one of the two of them or something, but the story went, you know, the f- as kids or young or something, you know, kids do the whole like, I'll show you mine, you show me yours. And it might have been even older than that, but he asks, you know, she takes her clothes off and he looks down and he goes, what's that? And she goes, oh, that's Nedden like saying that's nothing. Right. And so the, the word sort of degraded into Nedden, like that ain't Nedden. Uh, and it became synonymous with, you know, uh, the vagina. That's so, hilarious. I love that. And I'm probably going to start using that word liberally now. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I think it's hilarious. So, okay. The, the lyric that I have is, uh, I wouldn't get near that Nedden without a glove cause it's rats and spiders up there hitting that'll take the curl out your nut hairs. <laughs> I think is just so fucking hilarious the delivery on some of these is part of the best thing though because it's so like the tone of it is totally different like the line that i really have written down that i liked was i smack your titty and it claps when it hits the other but i don't want it clapping too loud it'll wake your mother yeah (laughs) um and that that one that actually comes directly after the line i said yeah is it yeah yeah it's It's directly after it's hilarious okay so this song i can tell you right now if it wasn't for the the sheer just content of the the lyrical content, if it wasn't for just how fucking stupid this song was, mm. it would definitely be going on the playlist. Yeah, it would one hundred percent be going on the playlist. And I think I, don't know I if can I'd put it on. It's funny, but uh, I I would be the one that forces it onto this playlist <laughs> if it wasn't for just how stupid it is. It's funny, but I don't want that to be what people listening to our playlist think ICP is because it's really like this is just kind of like I want to say a one-off but then the next song which we can go ahead and get into now is uh pretty much an extension of this song yeah it's a it's an aspect of them but so so okay bugs on my nugs (laughs) clearly this song is is the uh the consequence yes of the previous song and the previous song basically stating that uh, they they don't they're they're gonna get with you. They don't care if you're nasty. Yeah, they don't care if you're nasty. They're gonna get with you, and then boom, they have STDs. And yeah, now we have right bugs follow-up. on my nugs. Yeah, definitely the right follow up. I can for sure, absolutely. 
So the beat kind of sucks. The flow is sick. I had to look up Nedden because I was just so con- confused and and curious, especially from the next the previous song. Um, but this song was cool too. I mean, I thought it was funny. There's some. It, it, this one is one of the most outright comedy tracks that they've done. Like this one yes. is just flat out. Let's be funny. Uh, I one of my favorite things isn't even a line. It's there's this little synth line that comes out of the chorus that just goes dent, 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 and it's so like cheesy and lame, <laughs> but I love it. Right, right. I th- I just think like so. I have a couple lines written down here. Uh, one is "bitch, I got bizugs on my sizznack," <laughs> which is just fucking hilarious. Um, the other one is "can't keep my fu- motherfucking hands out my drawers." Stick a roach motel up under your balls. And then he says, nah, I'd rather stick them in the deep fryer and sizzle those motherfuckers off my wang. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's, uh, this is this song is fucking so funny. I just like uh, just like love song. I would most definitely put this on the uh, the playlist if it wasn't for just uh, how downright stupid and outrageous it is. Yes. Um, and I do have a more serious song that I love that I, I'm so looking forward to putting on the playlist. Yeah, same, um, same. So, yeah, there's not much else on for Bugs on My Nugs, I think. I think we covered it. Do you, do you have any more lyrics or anything that you want to... Um, yeah, I, you know, I've always thought the the chorus of it is funny because it's literally the Bugs singing you're nuts. We want your nuts. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so much, uh, you know what I, I'll tell you, I really like about this track is the interlude track. That's the outro. It's the right length. They did sort of sneak it in at the end. It's not necessarily related, but I do think it's a good transition going from these two funny songs into more serious songs, but it's basically just calling out how people change as they grow up and being like, Hey, don't come up on me because I know you too well. Don't try and, you know, act like you're in a gang and you're going to like, you know, come up on me. Like I, I've known you since we were kids. Like, don't, don't say it's, like it, yeah, it's, uh, I, and this skit is fantastic. I, I yeah. love the, the commentary on it. Um, it was very well written, very well delivered on the album. Yeah. And it's, it's literally just about people. And you and I know people like this. I mean, very well that, get like a small amount of notoriety or popularity and then act like they're hot shit and don't want to talk to you and, and act like they're hard as fuck. You're like, dude, I was fucking, I mean, I was trading GI Joe's and playing kickball with you. It is like the same motherfucker I was trading GI Joe's with and playing kickball. Uh, It's like, dude, don't act like this around me. Like I, I fucking know who you are. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, I think that, that even though it's just a little interlude, one of my favorite parts of the album, it's short. It's really cool though. Yes, absolutely. Now I will say, so let's, let's go ahead and uh, hop over to the uh, next song. Um, House of mirrors. Next song is called house of mirrors. My first note is okay. Back to clown shit. Yeah. And let's just be honest. This is the last actual song on the album. Yes. Yes. It is the last song on the album. The, the final song is just an outro. I didn't get too much out of this song other than that uh that uh feature that capital E feature which yeah. was which was sick. It was um, pretty good. Uh same beats just okay. I do really like 
the message in this one. I think this song is a good sort of cap it off, convey the idea of this concept of the album of the ringmaster, like the house of mirrors show who you really are, whether you recognize it or try to hide it or not. I also noticed a reference to the track joke, your mind from Beverly kills where yes. they say toss you in the magic mist. Yes. I, I noticed that one as well. Um, I don't know if it was just my lack of interest in this song or maybe the fact that I had been sitting listening to over an hour at this point of ICP and maybe I was just starting to lose interest a little bit, but I got relatively nothing out of this song. Same. I think the song is too long, uh, way too I, yeah, long. I think it's and too it's, long. It's um, so tough coming down from two like high comedy, goofy songs and multiple strong tracks before that into a song that's, uh, if we're being honest for me one of the weaker tracks on the album to oh, yeah. end the whole thing now so this song comes in at six minutes seven seconds yep as the second longest song on the album but it but no felt, interludes here it but no interludes correct it felt like the absolute longest song on the album and even though mm-hmm. mr johnson's head is only three seconds longer so it's relatively the same length this song felt so much longer than Mr. Johnson's head. It felt yeah. just, I mean, I don't think I will ever listen to house of mirrors again. Um, so here's my yeah. thought on a song like house of mirrors. If you're going to do a hip hop track, that's six minutes long. Number one, it either, like you said, has to have a story or something interesting, or you need to have multiple features. So you've got a whole crew dropping verses and changing it up. Correct. So it, it did have the one feature and capital E had a great feature on it. Yep. But got to give me somebody else, at least yeah. one or two other features in this song. If you want to make it six minutes, seven seconds. Um, same, same, so same thought. Let's go ahead and move along here. So uh, Ringmaster's Word. Last um, track. Last track of the album. I just put eh, just an outro. Yeah, um, it's an instrumental outro. The beat is cool. It's got sort of samples from some sort of... Uh, vampire or something i'm not sure what it was but i like the i have a purpose that loops and stuff like okay cool but here's here's the thing you could have cut house of mirrors in half tacked on the full ringmaster's word on the end of that and i would not have minded yeah probably true and make it a 15 song uh album. well if we're gonna be fucking around with it also cut like three songs but um, yeah you know you you get the point of what i'm trying to say yep. here so yeah you know what I'm surprised they didn't do? I'm surprised they didn't take the first track, cut the spoken word intro and the musical intro in half so it was a 17-track album because they have that 17 thing going on. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that would have been very easy for them to do. And they already set the precedent that they do stuff like that on earlier works. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's actually a good point. Good good, good observation. Um, but so we let's told them not uh, to. Yeah, we told them not to. They went back in time. This originally was a 17-track album. Fuck. Um, we Our fucked fault. it up. I'm sorry. It's the butterfly effect. Uh, somewhere, somebody died earlier than they needed to have because of this, because of us. And I think that's... Uh, yeah, I, I'm genuinely sorry to that person's family. The butterfly effect. Uh, remind me in one of these upcoming episodes that's shorter to tell you about the butterfly and why it's significant to ICP. All right. Let's carry on. Perfect. Okay. Yes. So let's, uh, let's boogie on, uh, out of this here and go into our next segment. What is our favorite personal tracks? Ooh, I've got three written down. What about you? Okay. I have one written down. That is is? 
uh, for sure my favorite. I also have a couple more that I could put, but my one that I have written down as my favorite gotta be track two, murder go round. Murder go round. That's a good pick. Uh, the flows I, are so tight in that. So great. So great. I so much enjoyed murder go round. I tried to downplay my enjoyment of it when we were talking about it because I didn't want to give anybody any hints, but Murder Grow Around was fucking great. Uh, That is a great pick, and it makes me happy that you chose it because either one of the ones that I pick are going to be a very good complement to it. Great. Uh, My top two, and I'm really debating on which one to choose, is The Loons and The Dead One. Okay. The Loons And and The Dead One. The dead one is so slow and chill. And it's just that, you know, we talked about it being so uh, down to earth and serious in some capacity for them and different. And I, I'm debating whether I want to go with the dead one. I, I think the loons is just a cool, fun song. And I think it's always been the one I like the most on this album. Oh man, I need to pick. So here's the thing. I don't want to sway your decision. Anyway, I picked mine. You get to pick yours. I will say I will heavily enjoy both of these on on this uh, whichever one you choose. I'll heavily enjoy on this playlist. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm glad you're choosing between these two. Good. I'm thinking about going. I'm, the only reason I'm thinking I'm leaning toward the dead one is because it will be a very different tone and pace from the other songs on the playlist. But the loons I think is more more them in top form you know what go with the loons the loons go with is the my loons. favorite track all right i'm adding it before you can change your mind i will not all right but both of our own, picks everybody go listen to the dead one yes yes but yeah we'll put an asterisk with listen <laughs> to the dead one um so let's see let's look at this playlist real fast we got lockdown play that mm-hmm. hoe wizard of the hood dog beats your rebel flag never had it made Beverly Phil Beverly Hills 50187 Chop Chop Murder Go Round and The Loons. Man, this playlist is is shaping up. It's it's going to start off a little bit uh, you know, rough. Rough. Yeah. But but it gets into some, you know, some bangers there. For sure. Uh it is currently sitting at 45 minutes, 10 songs. Uh nice. so this is this is officially I would say a comprehensive nice little sit down and listen to on shuffle. Um, I agree. We, I think we finally got to that length on the on the the playlist, and it'll only get longer, baby. Yeah. Make sure you know uh, you go and click the little heart on that playlist and follow it for us, so that you can uh, you know, yeah, so you hear can, whatever we put new stuff on there. For sure, for sure. Um, so let's talk about our scores here. Let's let's move this bad boy along. Let's do it. Um, so music and beats. I actually mm-hmm. gave this one a uh, a four. Did you? Yeah, I uh and it's it's just because of a handful of songs that were so good. So yeah, I actually gave it a 4. I I heavily enjoyed because of a few different beats um and a few different uh uh yeah, just bass lines. Um the Chris, strong parts were so, so strong. Sick. Strong yeah. parts were extremely strong, weak parts were very forgettable, but I think the strong parts actually gave it enough strength for me to give it a 4 confidently nice uh for music and beats i gave it three and a half fagos for about the same reason as you my thought was this 
the strong parts are so strong. If you trimmed out the fluff and weak parts and stuff, this could have easily been a 4.5, something like that, because the good parts were so good. Oh, I I fully agree. I fully agree. Um, Lyrics and flows. I actually also give this a four. They're coming into their own uh, for lyrics and flows. Um, I think they're, they're, they're really good. Uh, especially murder go round. Mm-hmm. Um, especially love song. Yeah. Was great. Bugs on my nugs had some great flows. I mean, I don't think there was a song. I'll have to go back and, and listen to each song and what my review was for each song, but I don't really think on, there was a single song where I said the flow was trash. Same. I, I it was agree. either, it was either I, I, I said something good about it or I just didn't say anything at all because it was just medium. Right. There was a few that that's it. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff on this album that I'm like, that was really lame. That really sucked. It was the, there was strong and then there was, Eh, just okay. And I wonder if those just okays had been on earlier albums, if those would be tracks that we were like, that one was the best track on the album. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's actually arguably uh, a, a, a that's a very good point there. Um, if like for the maggots or if, even if wagon wagon. Yeah. Was on like basement cuts or or like any dog of the beat. other. Yeah. On dog beats. I mean, oh, it I, easily would have been the best song. Easily if House of Mirrors song. or if Wagon Wagon were on Dog Beats, they would be the best songs on the album. Yeah, uh, that is absolutely correct. They've just um, upped their game enough that I'm like, stay, stay at that level. Yes, yeah. So now, now that they're they're bringing their best to the point of where their best is currently in 1994, it all needs to be like that. Yep. Uh, um, and you know what? I agreed with you. I gave it. I, I went with a four for lyrics and flows. Perfect. Perfect. Um, vibe at the time of the release, I went ahead and gave this one a, uh, a four as well. I know I'm being boring fours across the board, but they found their audience. They found their stick and they are doing good with it. And they're not seeming to, to, to go anywhere at this point. Um, yeah, I think you, you can't deny it. You, you sell 40,000 albums when you release this shit, like you're doing something right. Obviously, the vibe at the time was working, and that's uh, that's forty thousand in the Detroit area. Yeah, just Detroit and surrounding areas. This was not national distribution, so right. uh, I went with a three point five only because I know or think I know where they're headed, and I think they they landed even more as they keep going. But I did think like. We talk about being ahead of the curve or on the curve. I think this is the point where they start to get ahead of it, and they're like, "We're doing our own thing." Yeah, and 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 that's always a good sign for for a musician like this is once they yeah. realize you can, you know, start off. And I, I, I ballista started off this way, and I don't know about hollowed out, but I'm sure y'all probably started off this way in some small way. You start off as a band, you write things that you think people will like, you write things that are popular at the time as far as riffs go, uh, and then you come into your own as a band and you finally realize, this is what I like to write, this is what I think sounds good, this is what I like doing, Yep. now I'm ahead of the curve. And now they are, they are at that point. That's where they are in their yes. career. And yes, it was the same for us. 
I mean, we don't even have some of our early stuff up to listen to anymore just because we're like, that doesn't even feel like us as a band anymore. But right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get that. So here's our overall score for Ringmaster. We came out with a 3.83 repeating, which we're rounding. So this is our first four Fago release. Wow. Four yep. Fagos. Incredible. Hey, congrats. Congrats yeah. to Ringmaster for being our first four Fago release. Proud of you guys. So let's go ahead and set up next week's episode. Yep. Next week, we're going to check out uh, Ringmaster's sideshow, the Terror Wheel EP. Uh-huh. Um, and actually, the next three episodes will be EPs that were released in 1994. Yeah, so we've got the Terror Wheel, which is more like a Beverly Kills, but the first proper sideshow, like they're talking about the Terror Wheel attraction. Uh, If I remember correctly, this one takes another incremental step ahead um, in songwriting production. But I also, if I remember, it does the same thing that Beverly Kills does, where there's multiple tracks that are like two songs. We'll have to listen to it again and see. Perfect. but after Terror Wheel, we're going to get Shaggy Two Dope's first solo effort, the, the EP called Fuck Off. Uh, and then released at the end of that year, uh, it's only three tracks, but three memorable tracks, Carnival Christmas. Okay. Can I be honest with you? Yes, sir. Terror Wheel, I'm not super stoked on. I feel mm. like it's just going to be another clown EP, another sideshow. Mm-hmm. But the next two releases after that, I am so excited to get into. Uh, you should be. Uh, I think these are going to be... Actually, wait until you listen to Terror Wheel. I can tell you definitively one or two of my all-time favorite ICP tracks, or at least, again, I always caveat this with, so I remember, or at the right. time, <laughs> are on are on Terror Wheel. I'm, I'm interested to see what those those few tracks are that will probably have similar uh similar opinions on them but like a a, a christmas release i cannot wait for that i Dude, love christmas no music so much i cannot wait to hear it and um, and paired with uh some of these episodes since they're shorter albums we're gonna try and do some fun stuff for you uh if we can track down some fago we'll do fago taste test and review for you Yes, so I, we have we have a small issue as far as shipping wise goes with Fago and, and and shipping costs. So we're trying to find some locally, which is kind of hard to do in the DFW area. But we're going to see what we can do. So hopefully we can get that uh, going. The other thing I thought maybe we could do, and you know we talk about new music coming out uh, each year, and since we don't need to do that in these episodes, maybe on one of these episodes, I probably should have asked you about this first. We could run down our personal top five or top 10 favorite hip hop records of all time. Ooh, I like that. I agree. I think we should do that. All right. So we'll do Um, that on one of the episodes as well, but up next terror wheel. Yes. Terror wheels up next. Um, if you are digging us, uh, if you like the podcast, please remember you can go onto iTunes, leave us a five star rating and a review. Let us know what your social media handle is. And if you want us to, we can uh, jugify a photo of you. If not, we'll give you a dope little shout out. Um, so that's still going on. Don't have any takers yet, but uh, we are taking all comers and coming all takers. Um, <laughs> yeah. So- <laughs> and real quick, I want to shout out 
Um, I'm blown away by the number of people that are consistently listening to every episode. Thank you so much. But I want to shout out our top five countries, of course, everybody in the US, but uh, France, Ukraine, Canada, and the UK. Thank you, everybody uh, around the world for tuning in and listening. Yes, super dope. We really appreciate it. We're blown away. Hey, uh, France, how y'all doing over there, bud? Why are you listening to this? How's quarantine going for you? Are you okay? All right. Hey, send. Uh, we'll send help if you need it. Are you fine? Are you good? Blink twice if you're okay. Uh, so okay. If 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 you want to interact with us, if you want to hang out with us, let us know how everything goes. Uh, and want to get our notifications for when episodes come out. You can follow us on Twitter at icupwwe. So check that out. Um, Eric, where can we find your stuff and what you're you got going on? You can find me on Twitter at Nuclear is Lonely. And if you want to know what I've had going on lately, uh, obviously earlier this month, we released Hollowed Out, the band I'm in, released a new EP called Promise Nothing. It's streaming everywhere. So go listen to it. Perfect. Uh, you can find all of my stuff, all of my content, links to my merch website and all that good jazz at www.locklearcomedy.com. Uh, I stream on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And COTC, Ballista's EP, COTC released uh, yesterday as of the time we're recording this. It is out on all platforms. Go check it out. Thank you. Um, if that is all, Eric. Uh, That's it for me. All right. For Eric, I am Aaron. Big ol' whoopity whoop for all of our listeners out there. And we'll catch you guys next week. Whoop whoop. Has been a Gristle Media production. I do this every fucking week. <laughs>